0: Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator Jessica Bard with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. According to the CDC, the risk of severe illness from COVID-19 increases with age. It's recommended that adults aged 65 and older are the first to receive the vaccine, but there are some major challenges reaching that population. Tim Lash is here to speak with us about that today. Tim is the Chief Strategy Officer at West Health and the Chief Executive Officer of Gary Mary West Pace. Thank you for joining us today, Tim. West Pace launched a seniors-only vaccination site at its facility for vulnerable seniors. To better understand what you're doing, give us some background on Gary Mary West Pace and how the pandemic has affected operations.
1: Great, Jessica. Great to be here. So PACE is the program for all inclusive care for the elderly. It provides comprehensive medical and social services to senior population that is quite frail and that would otherwise be in a skilled nursing environment.
0: So you bring vaccinations to older adults in this community. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you rolled that out?
1: Sure. You know, the vaccination program really followed the broader response that PACE had to advance to meet the needs of these frail older adults in the context of the the pandemic. So when we take a macro look at healthcare, there's no doubt that COVID-19 and our ability to respond to it exposed many sort of fractures, flaws at a system level, particularly failures that specifically relate to seniors. But not all seniors have the same level of of medical needs, right? And there are some groups of seniors, those that qualify for PACE, that really require much more hands-on and comprehensive approach to their need. And that's why, you know, PACE programs exist. But even programs like PACE that are designed to really be agile and to meet sort of the comprehensive needs of a senior, right, you know, experienced challenges in the very beginning of the pandemic. Healthcare is generally based in in you know, a physical setting. PACE historically was based in a physical day center and medical clinic, and that had to evolve very quickly.
0: You mentioned some things that COVID-19 really exposed when it comes to healthcare and, and treating older adults. Can you go into a little bit more depth about some of those examples?
1: Sure. So the first, it just relates to the ability to project care into the community when the pandemic hit, healthcare largely shut down, right, except for acute needs. And seniors have, particularly seniors that have ongoing medical conditions, comorbidities that that need to be addressed, really had challenges in accessing the care that they needed. One of the first things that we did at PACE was look at our staffing to ensure that we had the staff uh, and the protocols to keep the staff safe, but that we had the staff that was willing and able to go into the community, to go into the home and deliver necessary services. We also moved very quickly from a center-based model to a model that really relied on telehealth for us to maintain a continuity of the relationship between our participants and the center, as well as access specialty care when needed. And that was quite successful for our population. And if you look more broadly at the response across the healthcare system, organizations like accountable care organizations or other models that are risk-based who had already made investments to be able to maintain that continuity of care that had the telehealth that were already advancing value-based models, they actually fared much better in terms of their ability to provide the necessary care to the community vis-a-vis more fee-for-service-based health systems that, you know, weren't necessarily incentivized, you know, before COVID to have that infrastructure in place.
0: Now, going back to talking about the vaccines, what are the challenges in vaccining older adults? For example, has access to vaccines been an issue for older adults?
1: Yeah, the rollout of the vaccines while getting better is still, you know, quite complicated. And, you know, one of the things that we did for PACE very early on is that we made the decision that we would sort of go at risk to have all of the equipment in place so that we could be a certified vaccination site. So this would allow us rather than need to try to schedule sort of you know, city or county based appointments for this frail population that we would sort of take possession of the vaccine ourselves and leverage our transportation system and our medical clinic to be able to deliver the vaccines to our participants in a very safe way we quickly realized that the need for that higher touch model was not restricted just to our population that there you know many seniors in the community were challenging you know it was challenging for them to gain access to appointments either because they simply weren't available or they they didn't know where to look, or even more often because of the digital divide. They just didn't have the you know, access to internet or computers to be able to schedule them. So we partnered with a local agency after we vaccinated our staff, a 211 system, which is a county information line, to stand up a community-based pod, we call it, a, a vaccination site that would focus exclusively on seniors over 75. And the first step was just ensuring that seniors were aware of it and that they could Access the appointments via the platforms, you know, like a telephone that most seniors have access to. One of the opportunities that co-travels with vaccinating seniors is the ability to maintain that relationship, or potentially maintain that relationship after the vaccination. So, you know, some seniors don't routinely interact with the healthcare system, and you know, many. Um, don't interact with it at all unless, unless they need to. And, you know, for those that are, you know, engaging with the system on, you know, because of the vaccine, uh, can you leverage that contact information uh, to sort of, you know, provide, you know, um, a more routine link to some of the broader services, both medical and social services that they might need?
0: Can you break it down some of those challenges a little bit further for us is there any specific populations that you've had trouble reaching have you seen challenges in vaccinating older adults of color for instance or maybe people depending on their ability people who are homebound
1: you think about first those that have mobility issues uh, so you know ensuring that you know sort of transportation and the site is set up for you know a, a caregiver to be able to accompany them you know is is really you know critical so when we look at the site that we stood up and we actually you know put a blueprint together so that Others can replicate it. We ensured that it, it sort of contemplated not only just a senior but a caregiver coming to the site, uh, and that once they arrived, the amount of um, sort of movement that the senior would have to do would be minimized to the greatest extent possible. So when someone arrives at our site, we put them in a little sort of you know a pod within the pod, and it's you know essentially two chairs where a caregiver and a senior can sit. And from that point forward, everything, including the the, the paperwork which is pre-populated, the vaccine, and even sort of the monitoring time, it all happens there. So they don't really have to. Move Move around it. So addressing the mobility, both you know transportation to the site, and then once they're there that you contemplate that this is a frail population is absolutely critical. The second really relates to health literacy. So within the senior community, and I think this is one of the failures that we've experienced sort of nationally, You know, we've done this hyper parallel approach to drug development, but there really wasn't the parallel approach to public health education around vaccination so that people would one, be aware and have their questions answered and two, be willing to get the vaccines. And so, Certainly within the senior population, both seniors broadly and then specifically seniors within the black and brown communities, uh, they've, uh, you know, the the hesitancy, you know, really needs to be addressed. And we've uh, sought to ensure that as we're thinking about rolling the vaccination program out, that you address that health literacy directly.
0: Can you talk to us a little bit about people who are are really willing to get the vaccine and maybe people who aren't so willing? Have you seen people who maybe just don't have that public trust in the vaccine? And is there anything that you all are doing to address that?
1: Great question. On the willingness, I would say vaccination sites are very happy places. I think you could compare it to a testing site where people might be quite alarmed. It's really the smiles on people's faces, despite their masks. You can see it in their eyes. is is really quite there. The other day, there was a a couple in their eighties that got vaccinated together, and they high fived each other after they uh, after they received their vaccination. So there certainly is a segment of the population, and a growing and large segment of the population within the senior population that is ready, willing, and when they get the vaccine, quite excited about it. Uh, But as I said, you know, there hasn't been as much proactive education around the the safety of these vaccines, the efficacy of these vaccines, and specifically addressing the concerns that seniors might have. Uh, So at our site, we have a physician that staff, you know, in addition to the nurses and the medical assistants, we have a physician on site uh, that can answer any of those questions that seniors have, so that uh, we, we make sure that, you know, anybody that shows up can be comfortable with what they're getting, but that at the end of the day, that we maximize the number of vaccinated seniors and that we don't have people leaving or not receiving a vaccine because they don't have access to the health information that, that, that they're requesting.
0: As far as healthcare professionals are concerned, what would you say are the biggest take-home messages from this conversation and from your experience that healthcare professionals should keep in mind when they're vaccinating older adults?
1: The first is that you really you know, need to think about, you know, how we're going to reach them, right? If you just assume that that older adults, right, it's going to be more challenging and that this, the it's going to be slower because of mobility and transportation, that will become a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If we think about, you know, the Black and brown communities where they're documented that there's higher hesitancy to to vaccination, if we just, you know, assume that that's therefore going to be the case, it will be the case, right? So you have to proactively you know, develop strategies to reach out to your communities and your patient populations to address those mobility issues to address the gaps in health literacy to sort of maximize the number of willing older adults that will come to the site. And then once they're there, it really isn't the bleeding edge of science that you need to pay attention to. That's happened with the vaccine development. It's thinking about the simple things. Can you repopulate the paperwork for them? Can you think about minimizing the amount of times they need to move? Can you plan for them to have a caregiver with them? All of those things make it easier. And if it's easy, more seniors will be vaccinated. And when we have more seniors vaccinated, we have more seniors that are safe. And that really is the the light at the end of the tunnel or their ticket out of this uh, crisis that we've all been experiencing.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Tim, that you think that I missed?
1: Jessica, we're at a tipping point where we have the vaccine and we're making good progress, not only vaccinating seniors, but making good progress, you know, vaccinating the broader population. If we lighten the restrictions too quickly, this this race between those that are vaccinated and the ability of the virus to continue mutating, you know, where we have greater and greater variants that are more infectious is a real concern. So, you know, I think we just need to encourage, you know, all of us to message uh, to to the communities and to our patients uh, that, uh, we need a little bit more sort of patience and to remain conservative, so that we can get as many people vaccinated as possible. And I'd say that the second big takeaway from this is, you know, we've we've learned a lot about what historically doesn't work. You know, in the healthcare system, that's been illuminated quite brightly by COVID. But we've also learned what does work, right? To be able to reach out into the community, we've talked about telehealth and the ability to be more agile with healthcare. And I think it's all of our responsibility to make sure that we take those learnings and make our healthcare system a stronger healthcare system with those learnings in hand.
0: Thank you so much, Tim, for talking with us. Uh, We really appreciate your time. I think we learned a lot here.
1: Jessica, it was great to be here with you today and, you know, appreciate everybody that tuned into the podcast. You know, it's the number of needles and arms that we're trying to maximize because that's what brings protection and, uh, you know, smiles to faces.